Welcome back to Animation Fascination. I'm Mark Vibbert, and with me again is Stanford Clark. Hey there. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, this podcast focuses on the world of animation. Each episode, we feature all the latest news from around the animation industry and the main topic discussing a TV series, film, or something else. Whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion, if it's animated, it is up for discussion to geek out about. Uh, so this week, in our 91st episode... Uh, we're going to be talking about the most uh, recent D23 Expo from uh, this past week or so. Uh, and quick side note, Stanford, uh, I was looking at, there's an app called uh, TimeHop. Yes. I was I was looking at that today. And uh, for, for you and I that are looking at each other on a Skype video, the thing that came up today was our animation fascination episode from 10 years ago oh nice uh for part one of the d23 expo coverage we did where you had attended that year yeah i and then because we did a, a part two episode that um had our friends from uh media fondue on that one so uh i just thought that was kind of funny how it synced up with uh, absolutely I, th- I think that was the last time you went to it right no i went in 2019 oh, okay Okay. Yeah. Much, I know. Much to I know my that chagrin. Was... <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I know that was the year that you picked up that uh, small fry uh, oh, Buzz right. Lightyear figure for me. Yeah. With. Got to meet Angus enough. Mc... Yeah. Yeah, the Angus McLean, the director of Lightyear, yep. um, which is now out on Blu-ray and 4K too, which came out this past week. Uh, and speaking of stuff that came out on blu-ray uh things that are going to be coming out that'll be our segue i kind of i put this in like new releases they're not really reviews uh but this is more like specifically just like news related to like upcoming uh like i don't know uh, home video release stuff so i figured that would kind of be the best place for it rather than like the news segment or somewhere else uh but the first bit on there was like this biggest thing that seems like it's opening the door for quite, um, for for maybe a, a lot of future stuff. But Wally is going to be coming to the Criterion Collection in November of this year, uh, which that's that's pretty awesome it's to me. So like, fantastic! I'm so stoked. So like, first it's another animated film in the Criterion Collection, where which there's not that much not a lot no stuff on there but so this was like worked on with uh, like between pixar and uh criterion there's a whole bunch of new bonus features that are specific to this it's a 4k criterion release uh and some of the stuff on there is going to be like two audio commentaries with uh there's one with like staten and the character supervisor bill wise uh the producer Lindsay collins and, and a few oh and uh, lead animator Angus McLean. Uh, so there's a nice segue there for that. Uh, there's some new like influence, like st- stuff on there with like Andrew Stanton cinematic influences. There's a like a tour of the Pixar Living Archive with Andrew Stanton. There's a whole bunch of other stuff on there. Like some of this stuff was on like like the original uh, Disney Pixar release of of Wally, uh, but some of the stuff is like looks like exclusive to the the new uh, criterion set and a lot of people are speculating like you know with this coming out on there now like what else that means could 
that open the door with Disney and Criteria and doing stuff in the future, whether it's like um, some older like Walt Disney Animation Studio films. Like you, I could see like, because Criterion is interesting in like what kind of films it chooses to, or not so much chooses, but can license to distribute on their brand on there. Yes. Um, so, and it's usually stuff that's important to like film history. So I could see uh, like maybe them putting like the like the original Snow White on there. Exactly, or Sleeping Beauty, or some others that have you know. Or maybe even like some of like the like the vignette stuff like yeah. the, like the, with like make mine music and melody mm-hmm. time which well, like with some of those like those only got like films that, that yeah yeah or like the Disney Movie Club exclusive Blu-rays where like that's the only way you could buy them that's how I had to finally finish my my Disney Canon uh, like Disney Animation Canon collection was to get like those last few yeah. <laughs> that only few available Disney on Club. Disney Movie Club yeah. Yeah, it was like the Saludos Amigos, Three Caballeros, Make My Music, Melody Time, and, and uh, the Black the Black Cauldron. Black Cauldron. Yeah, yeah, those were the only ones that hadn't gotten Blu-ray releases outside of that. So I was like, well, that's how I got to get them. Yep. Um, and then the other one we kind of had this cool experience this week with this was, so I got a like a random like email that usually around this time of year from like different like. Um, like home video distributors, you'll get like a here's a gift guide that you guys can put up or talk about like on your your site or the, the podcast to let people know what's available this coming holiday season. And kind of buried in there was that uh, Coraline and Paranorman were going to be coming to 4K soon in December of this year. Um, and then it it doesn't outwardly say it, but it says these four films. So it, it didn't say Kubo and Box Trolls as well, but because they're 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 part of that like a studios collection that they they did of the Blu-rays last year, I'm assuming in the near future those will also get 4K releases. But so they had like the the cool like hand-drawn steelwork art that's going to be coming out from these. Uh, so I I've just posted that. On our, I posted it on Instagram first for our Instagram account, but then I posted it on Twitter like a day or so later. And, and holy cow! <laughs> yeah, and so he, here's a here's a note for this is actually how we got like a lot of guests on like like seven, ten plus years ago, on when we were first starting out. Then was I would just ask people on Twitter if they wanted to come on the show. Um, so like in, in this posting, like you can tag people in photos on Twitter. So, so I tagged like shout factory and like, uh, and then I also tagged uh, Neil Gaiman. Um, so, and then like later that day I saw, I was like, holy crap, I'm getting like all these notifications on, on Twitter for the animation fascination account. And at first I saw that, uh, Drew McWeenie, uh, who's like a, like kind of like a bigger, uh, film writer online. I was like, oh, that's cool. He retweeted it because he's got like 200,000 plus followers from him. So I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. And then I kept scrolling through and I was like, holy crap, Neil Gaiman retweeted <laughs> it. And he's got like 3 million yeah. followers on there. So I think I think totally from that, if you're now a new listener to this, because I think we got like 10 at least new followers on the Twitter account, maybe 
I don't know how that's going to translate to people like listening to the show or whatnot, but uh, it's cool that he retweeted that. And I don't know. I'm I'm excited ultimately for the these Leica films coming to 4K just because those movies already look so beautiful though in just like standard definition oh, or yeah, high really high definition gorgeous. not standard definition but that they'll they'll look great in HD and then Shot Factory just needs to get those distribution rights to Missing Link to finish out that Leica Studios collection at least until Wildwood comes out and then they'll have to get that too. Yep. Yeah, so that's going to be like the the new releases that are going to be coming out within the next couple of months or so as far as like new 4K and uh, Blu-ray releases uh, for animation. Uh, and we're going to skip over the news section because that's basically our, our main topic this week for D23 stuff. So going from that, we're headed into our new trailers from this week. And the first one is for a Netflix uh, series called intergalactic uh which is from kid cutie uh and now i know it's not i don't believe it was because i couldn't find where it said who animated this but it looks very similar to like the artistic style of the uh sony animation pictures like spider-man into the spider-verse yes it does kind of artistic style very yeah looks like just from like the same school you know yeah yeah and I, like i couldn't find specifically like anywhere like in here like where like it said who was the animate like yeah the animation team right, for it right uh but but yeah like so if, if you've seen into the spider-verse it's, it's very similar to that uh kind of style for it like like i could very like easily just see like this like happening maybe like 10 feet off screen to what we we saw into this into the spider verse uh but this looks pretty cool it's it's uh definitely more of like an adult show it seems like it would be like tv ma if that uh, just from like the subject matter and like some of the like the language in the, yeah. the trailer yeah so again animation is not just for kids everybody that's right uh it's it's a medium not a genre you know the uh it looks really like uh you know kind of this adult romantic fantasy slash drama yeah you know and uh but really interesting and kind of instantly compelling at least from the trailer yeah and so like the the cast that's got uh kid cutie or uh also has timothy chalamet uh ty dollasign uh laura harrier vanessa hudgens christopher abbott Zero seven zero shake. Uh, Jaden Smith, Keith David, oh, nice Keith David, uh, Tiana Taylor, Arturo Castro, and Macaulay Culkin. So it's got quite the cast for it too, which is pretty interesting. So I'll, I'll definitely check this out. It's going to be on Netflix and it's uh, premiering. It looks like in just about uh, eleven days or so from us recording this on September nineteenth. So it's going to be coming out on September thirtieth of this month. Cool. Well, what what did you what did you think of the trailer outside of like what we already you know spoke uh, compelling I, I thought it it you know again re- really stylish uh, you know clearly as we already said for grown ups and yeah. and really uh, yeah I'm I'm looking forward to checking it out definitely 
Now, going <laughs> from yeah, a cartoon... something completely different. <laughs> that is for grown-ups to uh, Pre- something that... Preschoolers. Maybe not... Yeah. Uh, we, t- we kind of talked about this before. I was like, what if Batman, by, by way of Pixar's cars, uh, is the Batwheels uh, Cartoon Network HBO Max uh, TV series, which... Is starring Ethan Hawke as Batman. Yeah. So he. I thought that was interesting. He's going. Yeah. So he's going from uh, playing the the main and um, villain in uh, Moon Knight as Arthur Darrow and that to now being Bruce Wayne Batman in in Batwheels. And I'm assuming this is something that he did for like his kids. Just because. Yeah. Uh, I don't, Otherwise, just like because Ethan Hawke, I don't like he's very choosy, but like about what he does. So that's like that's like the only reason I can see him like choosing to to do this. Uh, Gina Rodriguez is also in this as Catwoman. Uh, so the like and like I said, it's like Batman by way of cars. Like if you watch the trailer, that's like literally what it it looks like. It's like, just like, like if you know Batman and. Pixar Cars had a baby, you know, it's just, uh, I mean, the, the main Batmobile thing, which is not this, is not a Batmobile, I, I think, is it Bam? I'm not sure necessarily what that character is, but honestly, it's like Lightning McQueen, you know, uh, yeah. in, uh, in the Batman, with a Batman aesthetic. Yeah, yeah and... And it's, it's it's very interesting how how they did this. It's definitely, I mean, the animation looks pretty pretty good. It looks appealing. Def- yeah, yeah. Kids are and probably like, going to really like it. I do like the character designs for it too, but like like we said again, it is like very reminiscent of Cars. Uh, but there's only so many ways I guess you can kind of uh, like animate a car to have like a a face. <laughs> In so many ways. And I know that, like with cars, when they were developing that, at one point they made the eyes on the the headlights. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think there's even a joke to that in Cars too, like where it, it like just looks <laughs> yeah. weird with the with the eyes on the headlights. So yeah. I probably won't be watching Batwheels just because uh, my son is almost seventeen. So yeah. I... Outside of maybe just checking out it, like like a part of an episode just to I know, just out of curiosity show. just because of you know yeah. our, our 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 show uh, uh it um it debuts on cartoonito on october yeah. 17th that's the kind of the preschool programming block on cartoon network right if i'm not mistaken and then yeah so like this their equivalent of like nick jr yeah or like disney, disney jr. jr and then they're gonna put it on hbo max uh, the following day, so I'll, yeah. I'll be checking it out probably on HBO Max, um, and just at least for a few minutes, just to kind of see, you know, how they've set it up and what it's like with Ethan Hawke <laughs> voicing Batman. Yeah, <laughs> that sort of stuff. Yeah, and then so like speaking of Disney, uh, the next bit on here is the Disney Plus original uh, film Disenchanted. Now, I only put this on here because the original film, Enchanted, had a lot of, well, not a lot, but, like, the the beginning of the film had this whole, like, hand-drawn animated sequence. Yeah. 
So I'm I'm wondering if if they'll do any of that again within this film. Yeah, that's what I've been wondering too, Mark. I, I mean, if I were a betting man, I'd say they probably will. You know, they'll probably have some. If nothing else, the opening credits, you know, will will uh, maybe be done. Maybe be yeah, or maybe like at least if like when we check back in with like uh, uh, like James Marsden and uh, like Adina Menzel, yes, uh, like where they are, um, possibly, and then like the film itself actually picks up fifteen years later, like which I was like, oh, geez, the first film did come out. 15 years ago. Which kind of blows my mind. <laughs> it's like we're, yeah. Wow. I mean, it, yeah, I did, but holy cow. What did you think of the and, trailer? Yeah, I liked it. Like, it, it looked, it looked uh, like, you know, like the, that it is definitely a continuation of the, the first movie. Uh, I, I like what seems to be like an idea where it's almost like that she like Giselle is turning into an evil stepmother. Uh huh. And for some for some reason, so I'll be curious to see like how like how that happens like within the 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 movie. Uh, and, and I like the, like the cast in here. Uh, I I really enjoyed the first movie. Um, I'll look forward to more music in here too. Yeah, because Alan Menken's back, you know, writing yeah. with music. Now, what did you what did you think of the trailer? Well, I, I'm with you. I I really liked Enchanted, you know, the the original film from from 15 years ago. So, I guess I feel optimistic about it. I think it's, you know, it's great to see that the original cast is back. Anytime that Alan Menken's involved, I'm interested. And yeah. And uh, it looks, uh, you know, with Maya Rudolph in it, who looks like she's picking up the role of the baddie. Uh, oh, yeah. In it. And then uh, Yvette Nicole Brown. Yes. And uh, uh, Jamie Jim Mays on it. So. And I know Yvette Nicole Brown is like a huge fan of uh, Once Upon a Time. And yeah. she was originally, she was originally going to play Ursula on that show and they had uh, Ursula show up but she couldn't do it because she was on another TV series at a time so I wonder if this is kind of like finally filling that itch for, for her there uh, and then we know uh, Jamie Mays is a, a good uh, singer as well too because again she was on Glee so I'm assuming we'll get some of some of them singing in the, the film as well I, I rewatched the the trailer while we were talking about it, and there is a shot of um, James Marsden kind of like in like a water reflection at one point as the animated version okay. of his character. So, at, at least that little portion of the movie, there there'll be a tiny bit of the hand drawn. Yeah, the hand drawn. Uh, looking forward, to, looking forward to it. It's uh, November twenty fourth, isn't it? This kind of a Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, is it's going to be coming out. Yeah, like near the end of November. Yeah, so Disney Plus. Hocus Pocus two uh, in October, and then that in November. Um, and then the next thing I'll let you take. Well, I'm pretty stoked about this too. This is another Disney Plus, uh, you know, item of goodness. It is a. Uh, oh, sorry, I hit, hit the wrong button. It uh, uh 
it's a documentary about Mickey Mouse. It's called Mickey, the Story of a Mouse. They're going to debut it on November 18th, which, as we know, is Mickey Mouse's birthday, or when Steamboat Willie made its, its uh, debut. And yeah. uh, the, the trailer looks very appealing. I don't know a ton, a ton about it. Like, you know, the who are the, uh, uh, who's the documentary team? You know that put it together and whatnot, but it, right. it from the, the trailer though it appears to be, you know, high quality, and uh, you know I think I'm just gonna eat this up. I can't wait. Well, what did you what did you think of it, Mark? Yeah, I, I'm uh, curious to check it out. Um, hopefully, it's from like the same like uh, documentary crews that we've seen do. Like I feel like they would have said if it was uh, like Leslie Iwerks who did yes like like the Pixar story and, and um, the like that original story yeah and then that Industrial Light and Magic yeah documentary from years ago not not to not confuse with Light and Magic one. yeah but I don't know if that other one ever got like a wide release I remember it was like on Stars for a while yeah. and I was lucky enough to see it at like New York Comic Con back in two thousand. 10 because they like screened it there oh cool that's the only that's the only time i that i think i've seen that one but i and i always and i recommended it to a bunch of people but then i never saw it like available that many places yeah. after that but but yeah so yeah i'll I'll definitely check this out and, and i wonder how like how long it'll be like if it'll be like feature length or um however long they might make it be yeah, I'm hoping. Uh, that's what I'm hoping. It's like it's, it's at least ninety minutes. You know, fingers crossed. We'll see. What, what, uh, yeah. But uh, I'm. I'm. It, it looks like like a high quality deep dive into into Mickey Mouse history. So I'm I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, uh, and then speaking of Disney Plus, uh, segueing from our trailers uh, into our recommendations for the week. Uh, I know both of our recommendations you can watch also on Disney yes. Plus. <laughs> so mine, uh, we recently uh, made like our booked our uh, Disney trip this year for like the first time since 2018. Yay! Yeah, so we had been going like every every year for a while, um, and then you know 2019. Well, 2019 we just didn't go for whatever reason. Oh, no, 2019, my wife and I, we went to Hawaii for our anniversary, so we kind of counted uh, going to Alani for a day as Disney for that year. Um, And then, obviously, 2020 and whatnot. So, uh, but my, so, like, my recommendation is the Behind the Attraction uh, Disney Plus uh, docuseries that kind of goes in depth on a bunch of like different aspects of like the Disney parks, uh, like different rides, like the Haunted Mansion, It's a Small World, uh, Tower of Terror, uh, like Space Mountain. And I didn't realize until I was like, I watched one of these episodes that uh, I think it was Tokyo, Tokyo, Disneyland, Tokyo, um, the where like where the Tron uh, roller coaster is that that was meant to be like technically their version of Space Mountain 
uh, just because they don't have a space mountain there. Uh, which then made me think of the fact that now that the Tron roller coaster is also being built at Magic Kingdom in Florida, like right next to Space Mountain. So I was, I was like, that's kind of funny in a way that Magic Kingdom's gonna end up with tech, technically as as if they're gonna be like, because that's docu series like categorized the Tron roller coaster as being Space Mountain, like for that park. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, oh okay, so Magic Kingdom gets two Space Mountains right next to each other. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, I, I really like this docu-series. The producer of it, actually, um, Brian Volkweiss, uh, he's a producer that's like worked on you know, like the, the movies that made us and the toys that made us on Netflix. And then I actually I did two comedy specials for Showtime a year or so ago uh, that he produced as well, too. Oh, nice. So I actually, so I actually met Have you met dude. him? Yeah, he's he's a huge geek too. Like any uh, city that he goes to and works on, he has he seeks out like a like a kind of like a geeky uh, shop that like he can find action figures at, or like a comic book shop to pick up comic books at. Nice. So if you like look for him on like Instagram, or you can usually see him just like posting pictures of like these like new like action new figures finds. That he bought and stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. The Nerdist podcast actually interviewed him, I think, a while back too. So there's there's a good interview on there with him, like talking about the oh, cool. uh, uh, talking about the show. And I know it was a this show was kind of like originally, it was originally like another like a developed thing that uh, Dwayne Johnson was doing with him, uh, just because it was around the same time that Dwayne Johnson was doing Jungle, Jungle Cruise. Cruise. So that's why the first episode of the show is about the Jungle Cruise and Dwayne Johnson's in there. And you'll see, hey, producer Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, it was one thing and then it morphed into what it is now. And I, I like these kind of shows on Disney Plus too. I wish there was more of them. Yeah, I do too. Um, like I really enjoyed that, that series Prop Culture. Oh my goodness. I wish was like about like all of like the Disney like props and stuff. And I really hope that they do like a season two i do too i hope they do a season two that show was fantastic yeah because there's so much stuff they they could still do in that and oh absolutely they got they got rick moranis back in an episode of that exactly so yeah so that's that is my recommendation uh is behind the attraction on disney plus well my i will let you go i don't after you mark sorry i interrupted you oh no no i was uh, segueing over to you because now it's it's your recommendation. So uh, I also have a recommendation on Disney Plus, and it is the OG Pinocchio from 1940. So the so the animated masterpiece from Walt Disney and team. I uh, you know that there's this new version of Pinocchio that came out on Disney Plus Day this month. That's uh. People call it live action, and you know it's like a, for me, it's a high. These are hybrid movies, right? It's it's got some live act, some actual actors in it, lots of CGI, um, I, and I've watched it, and 
let's just say I needed to instantly forget it. And so I highly recommend, uh, and maybe Mark and I will be talking about this more in the future, who knows. But uh, uh, the original Pinocchio, I think, is one of the finest films ever made. It, it's a film that disturbed me a lot. I mean, it's scary. You know, I think as a kid, it's, you know, it scared me to death. Uh, and I think as an adult watching it, some of the scenes in it are still pretty intense, like when they're on Pleasure Island and, and uh, the, you know, the, the, the boys that are doing all this debauchery all start turning into, in, into donkeys. You know, that's always scary. Monster of the Whale is terrifying. But it's still, you know, you look at the animation and it's just so remarkable to me what they were able to, to do. Uh, it's all beautiful. I think those underwater scenes... I just don't even know how they did it, you know? I just, I just, I, that's one thing I wish I could. Yeah, especially back in the 40s. I know, right? Uh, so anyway, um, it, it, I think it's a great palate cleanser and also just a great, you know, film, the original Pinocchio from from, from 1940. Yeah. I, I would definitely also second that as it is also the second Disney animated movie. Yes. Yeah. So. And I think a lot of animation... Uh, you know, experts or aficionados consider it one of the best films from the Disney studio. You know, I mean, I guess, I guess some yeah. of it's hard to pick, but but just one of the finest, finest pieces of animation art ever made. Yeah, it's definitely considered a, a classic for for a reason. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's gonna do it for our recommendations for this week, and then we will be back in a moment with our main topic speaking about this year's d23 expo all right and we are back with our main topic for this week uh, which is about the 2022 d23 expo uh, that was uh, from september 9th through to the 11th recently so uh, just about a week or so ago from when we're recording this on september 9th or 19th rather uh, now before we get so i kind of segmented this by uh kind of category in a way so i i we're gonna kind of go through it like that so was there before we kind of get into it stanford was there anything out of all of the stuff that specifically stood out to you as maybe like your favorite thing that was announced that's an excellent question i i think I mean, this is kind of mean. I guess one of my favorite things about it, Mark, is just how disappointed everybody seems to be. <laughs> and not that I, not that I wish it, you know, ill or anything. It's just, uh, I think it's kind of. I just think it's interesting. I, those yeah. who went in with expectations that so much stuff was going to get announced, I guess, how could you not be disappointed? Uh, Okay. So, but that's so. The, I guess that's been interesting to, to see the reactions because, to me, most of the reactions that I've seen from from lots of bloggers and vloggers and stuff that show up in my feed have have been really, okay. really, you know, negative. So I guess that's I guess it's kind of a bummer. I don't. So I don't necessarily have a favorite announcement. I thought that they announced a lot of interesting stuff, and and yeah. I think as, my- as we oh go ahead please. I was just going to say, my whole stance on the like, expectation stuff is that that's on, on you if you get disappointed. Because you're creating your own expectations yeah. yourself in your head. You're not basing that off of anything that was said or promised to you 
by right. the the film studio before going into it. So that always like I don't like I kind of understand, but don't understand at the same time why people get so upset about oh they didn't show this or they didn't give us that or announce who was in this. Well, they didn't say they were going to do that. Right. You thought they were going to do that, and when they didn't do it, you got upset about it. Right. There was all this hype but, about, oh, the People Mover you know, attraction is going to return to Disneyland. And I think, according to who? You know, yeah. Disney never was. I think, sure, there's been some, you know, maybe maybe little teasers here and there, but there was nothing, you know, there was nothing. And, and, and it got... The fan community got in a frenzy, and then it didn't happen, and then they're all devastated. And I think, well, that's that's on you. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you, Mark. I think that's that's a really that's a really good point. And I think you know, at these cons, so much of it is I think they are what you make of it. I mean, I complain about it because you know the lines and the you know the crowds, and then the way Disney treats their fans just is I just think is horrendous. But there was a lot of cool stuff at the panels, and they bring out a lot of talent. And yeah. and you think you know you can have some some cool experiences. I think I think that what they did with, particularly with the, what the studios did, looked pretty cool. You know. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, so from like our friend Marco, that so he was there again this year with the yes Pixar, with the Pixar the, yeah or the the, the pizza, pizza planet, planet truck, truck. Uh, yeah near like the the pixar like area so that was cool that, that he got to go back there again with that um and then it seems like from some other people that we're familiar with uh that went this year it seems like some of the stuff that uh, that was kind of handled poorly the year that you had gone most recently in 2019 that uh, some of it had at least been fixed or gotten better. Yeah, from, that's what I heard too from, from a friend time. who who attended that some of that crowd stuff was a lot better. You yeah. know, they like they didn't allow overnight lines, and yeah. uh, and I mean they probably had th- I mean they had three years to kind of plan it out. So. <laughs> exactly, you'd hope, right? <laughs> yeah. And the one thing that even though I you know I've ripped on D twenty three, I do think though that they try really hard you know i i I, and 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 maybe the effort doesn't necessarily pan out in a better experience but i do i do at least want to acknowledge i really think that they try so yeah and uh i hope i get to go to go to one eventually i would like to go to i mean just because like you and you and i are both huge disney fans so i would like to go to uh but like you said like conventions like even like I, I guess maybe they might be a little bit different now, like post or post uh, COVID being like a thing in the world. Yeah. Um, but like the last huge, huge convention I went to was like San Diego Comic Con, and then New York Comic Con back in two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. And then like I've gone to like the like the local like Phoenix, uh, like yeah. Comic Con events like over the years, but like they just kind of get bigger and like more like packed in it seems like Mm -hmm. so maybe that's different with like crowd control post uh uh, a world that um like has had a recent pandemic in it um but 
I'm very much introverted, so I don't like, like, oh. so even like when I go to like the Disney parks, like, Seriously. it's almost like I can see like a path in front of me and I just like beeline and serpentine through <laughs> that path of people to, to get to where I need to go. Yeah, get out of and the crowd. my wife and, yeah, my wife and son know that when, when we go to, and I always get upset about people that are walking as like a wall essentially like side by side because then you're you're taking up the entire sidewalk all right and they're blocking you yeah uh, yeah yes. I hear but, you. but enough of of uh complaining about stuff about like that uh so i figured we'd start this off with the disney legends yeah. panel because it's kind of how they started how they started and and there was some cool anim- animation representation for sure yeah so I, I kind of grouped this together, and then if I left anybody off, uh, definitely you, you add them to it. Uh, but, like, they had, they basically honored, like, the entire cast of uh, Frozen and Frozen 2 with, uh, like, Jonathan Groff, Adina Menzel, Kristen Bell, and Josh Gad. Um, and each of the, the four of them had, like, funny moments, like, from, like, their, like, acceptance speech stuff for that. Adina Menzel is really making me laugh with hers. <laughs> I didn't see... Oh. The only one I saw, Mark, was Josh Gad. I've got to watch. Oh. I've got to watch it. What did Adina Menzel say? Well, hers was... She had kind of like a low-cut top, and she was like leaning down at one point, and she was she was like, I, I don't... She's like, I don't want uh, Elsa to have big boobies, but it was just funny like how she, she said it. <laughs> It, it was like very much like like I don't. It wasn't said like I don't know. It it was funny just in the way that she said it. It was, I, and I saw like, I made the 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 mistake of like looking at like the comments during like the stream thing of, of that, and a lot of people thought she was like drunk or something. But I, that's just like her personality. Yeah, she was just if you, being herself. If you watch like any behind the scenes yeah. stuff that she's in, she's high energy. Um, yeah, and I, I I did like Josh Gad stuff too. Like, uh, he's like, I think this is secretly a uh, a way to smooth over that they've already secretly cast the live action version of Frozen with Zendaya and uh, who was he, he said he said Zendaya and um, oh and Millie Bobby Brown as Anna and Elsa. Uh, so I thought that was funny, that and then like funny. his whole, th- I uh, so I liked how he kind of poked fun, and ribbed ribbed them for making like live action remakes of, of the animated films, and his whole thing about, and to the person that that denied yes. my application, that's what I, that's what I the, saw. Yeah, the Jungle Cruise at Disney World, you can now list me as Josh Gad, Disney Legend. <laughs> That's got to be pretty satisfying. I mean, it was, it was a great joke, but also just like, you know, yeah, this casting person who couldn't see the potential in him. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. You know, they also honored Don Hahn uh, in the animation realm. You know, Don... Don unfortunately, wasn't there. Oh, he wasn't. Interesting. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, he's just one of the great producers of the, of the of the modern disney era he produced beauty and the beast uh 
yeah, you know, at Disney Feature Animation slash Walt Disney Animation Studios. Um, he also produced The Lion King. I mean, holy cow. Can you imagine doing that back to yeah. back to back? Um, he was an associate producer on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, and his other films include, at least, you know, for animation, include The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Atlantis, Lost Empire. And also, he was the producer of that, of that short, The Little Match Girl, that came out in 2006. Um, he, he, worked, he was the producer on Tim Burton's Frankenweenie feature. Oh, yeah. And uh, Maleficent. You know, the live action movie with with uh, Angelina Jolie, and he's done a bunch of Disney nature films. Uh, he directed the documentary of Waking Sleeping Beauty, and also he's been working. Oh, yeah. He did he worked on that uh, documentary Howard about Howard Ashman. So oh, he's a, a good string of those prolific. Like, uh, yeah, he's a he's a good follow on social media too. Oh, he's uh, entertaining, with, like, isn't he? Stuff that he's posting. Yeah, about, yeah, he's got a great sense of humor, and um, you know, clearly he's a talent. He's he's also written some books, uh, yeah, and one of them, I think the one that I own is called Brainstorm, Unleashing Your Creative okay. Self. I think is what it's called, and it's a really entertaining book. Oh no, the other one, the one I own is I think I own that one also. He wrote one called Dancing Corn Dogs in the Night. Uh, referring to, Interesting. Uh, like in the movie Grease, how you know back in the fifties they used to show like go to the refreshment stand and they had like this animated food, you know, or anthropomorph- oh, yeah. anthropomorphized food. He was talking about that, but it was it was about again being you know being creative. It was I I thought it was a very I thought it was a very good book. Uh, anyway, oh, that yeah. was cool. I, very deserving for Don Hahn. Yeah. The- the book I have of his is the Alchemy of Animation. Oh yeah, that's a that's a great book too. Um, the the cover is kind of like a like a pencil drawing of Sorcerer Mickey from Fantasia, and then it's got like uh, Remy, uh, and then Beauty and the Beast, and then uh, Jack and Sally on the cover of it. So that's a that's a good book. That's kind of like about the making of an animated film, with well, quote unquote, within the modern age because of the the book uh it came out like a little while ago now so might, might not still be considered modern age uh if you were to, to read it now i guess yeah but was there anybody else that was honored you know he came out yeah it came out in 2008 so it's, it's about a little over 10 years old now so uh but was there anybody else that was honored like within the animation side of stuff that that I didn't list you know, off Mark, that you'd think, want to speak on. I think you caught him, but I just thought, you know, I guess we should just double, double check. But but uh, uh, those were those were like you know the big, you know, big animation ones. That's I think one of the things that's cool about the legend ceremony is that it covers people from across the uh, spectrum. You know, of of uh, yeah, of all the different type of entertainment. They often. You know they'll they'll yeah, honor TV and, yeah parks. TV stars they'll honor uh, an Imagineer you know or some yeah other uh, person who's worked you know worked in like in the parks division and whatnot uh, so I think like, I think you got like music supervisor or something yeah like that. and uh, so it's 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 really cool and it's and you know it's it's a big honor 
I think it's the highest honor you can get, right, from uh, from the Walt Disney yeah. from the Walt Disney Company for for talent. Uh, so, but yeah. Um, the segueing from the Disney Legends panel, so the kind of first area here is stuff that kind of didn't fit anywhere else. Uh, was the I'm gonna kind of label this as like Disney Plus. Uh, was the Tales of the Jedi trailer, uh, which is um, essentially kind of like an appendices to the Clone Wars animated series. Uh, as so, like in it, we get like a it's like this vignette of like a few different stories in here. Like backstory, uh, right? Yeah. So there's there's six shorts in here. Three of them. Um, are about Ahsoka, and then three of them are about Count Dooku. Uh, so it's like a, a younger Dooku, like when he was still a Jedi. And apparently, like, Mace Windu like, never ages, because he looks exactly oh, he looks identical. the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dooku um, looks a lot younger, but Mace Windu looks the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and then we got, there's like clips of Yaddle in here, so... Uh, who was in episode one, but wasn't in episode two, and I still suspect that uh, she is Grogu's mom, and that is why she's not in episode two. Uh, but uh, some of the other stuff in here too is that uh, so Count Dooku was Qui Gon Jinn's uh, Jedi master, and Qui Gon was his, his apprentice, his, like Padawan. Yeah. So like in here, Liam Neeson's gonna be doing like you know the older uh, Liam Neeson, the older Qui Gon Jinn voice, but his son is actually gonna be voicing the younger Qui-Gon Jinn in this. Which is so cool. So be, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see uh, like a younger Dooku and Qui-Gon interaction, because that kind of stuff was only just kind of written about and spoken about like in the like the books that have been released in the past. Uh, and then the other three shorts in here are going to be about more of like Ahsoka when she was younger, like with her it looks like with her parents. And then like a little bit more with like training with Anakin uh, so that should be pretty cool too and a, a lot of the voice actors who were on like the Clone Wars series and Rebels uh, that did these voices are coming back for the series too uh, and they're dropping all of the episodes for that uh, later next month on October 26th so I will probably we'll probably talk about it on here yeah or uh, just because uh, over on the Star Wars show that I do probably going to be busy talking about Andor. Oh man, with um, with twenty two episodes of Andor, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> you guys uh, are gonna be busy. Yeah. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, and and this one fits more for the show, anyways, too, because it's animated. Yeah, uh, but I'm looking forward to this. And did you were you excited from what you saw? Oh, for absolutely. This? Yeah, I thought it looked. I thought you know the trailer looked great, and uh, just you know my kind of stuff. I, I, I I'm I. I think that these these backstories can be really interesting, and uh, just from what we see, it looks, it looks great. You know, and, and, and characters that I that I think are, that I think are so great. I mean, it's so, we all love Ahsoka, right? So uh, yeah. diving into like baby Ahsoka and all that stuff, I think is going to be cool. And then uh, the Dooku stuff, you know, I you know I haven't really thought about that. I mean, we know that he's. He was Qui Qui Gon's, uh, uh, you know, master. Master, yeah. but anyway, 
I, I, I the story potential, the storytelling potential is great, and and and, and, and uh, some good content coming on to Disney Plus for sure. Yeah, and speaking of uh, segueing, yeah, thing, so you know, know they announced also at D twenty three Expo that uh, season two of the Bad Batch is going to premiere in January of twenty twenty three, and yeah. uh, it's that January fourth is the date that they said of twenty twenty three. Yeah, which it looks like is uh, Wednesday. Yeah, so and and this season two is going to have sixteen episodes. If I'm reading this, if I'm reading this correctly, and and. Uh, it's going to pick up just a few months after season one ended. Um, I'll just go ahead and read, read, read you this uh, synopsis. Months have passed since the events on Camino, and the Bad Batch continue their journey navigating the Empire after the fall of the Republic. They will cross paths with friends and foes, both new and familiar, as they take on a variety of thrilling mercenary missions that will take them to unexpected and dangerous new places. I really like season one of the Bad Batch, and... Right. I thought cool again, cool storytelling, interesting, interesting events that were going on. Sounds like uh, also you know the voice talent, same voice talents back. Um, D. Bradley Baker is, is voicing the Bad Batch. Uh, Michelle Ng is back yeah. as the voice of Omega. Uh, Rhea Perlman uh, is back as Sid. Gwendolyn Yeo as Nalase and and more. So anyway, yes, please. You know, br- yeah, I can't I'm wait. looking forward to this, and I'm happy about this too because they, it ha- I think it had been rumored or speculated that it was going to start September 28th for a while, uh, which would have had it like co-releasing at the same time as Andor. Yeah, I'm glad that they're spreading it out. Yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely glad it's not coming out until January. Yeah, me too. Uh, you get kind of like a, a month break of of Star Wars content on Disney Plus, and then you get. Uh, Bad Batch starting and to start off 2023 with. Yeah. Uh, so so we'll probably talk about that on here too, maybe on Hold a Maneuver. We we will see because Andor will be over by that point too. Right. Uh, yeah. But uh, moving out of the Disney Plus uh, Star Wars section of this, I guess, um, into the the Walt Disney Pictures uh, portion is. Now we already kind of talked about them doing like their live action remakes of the animated films, and one of them that they've been working on is the uh, their version of uh, like a live action uh, Snow White with uh, Gal Gadot as the the um, evil queen and uh, Rachel Zegler Zegler rather uh, as Snow White herself in this. So they. They showed some footage of uh, the film, I guess, at D23, and they said, uh, so uh, Slash Film said it was very different from anything. Sorry. Uh, Geldo said at D23 that it was very different from anything that she had ever done. Uh, she She's used to playing the, and the she other plays. She usually plays, you know, most of the time she's yeah, the good guy. Hello, she's Wonder to Woman. To be like the... Yeah, like, <laughs> So she said, uh, stepping in her shoes and getting under her skin was delightful. It's not me, but it was so great. The fact that I could go cuckoo and crazy and dance and stretch. Uh, so it sounds like it should be pretty interesting with that. Uh, so they said there's quick flashes of uh, like several major settings, like including like Snow White's Cottage in the woods, 
Um, it's like an intricately designed interior of a queen's castle, and then uh, like a moss-covered forest that is. So this should be should be pretty interesting to see like how this translates to a live action because th there's been so many like live action uh, retellings of Snow White yeah. at this point. Most, most recently, like, those ones with this, Kristen Stewart, you know. Oh yeah, which and, weren't uh, Disney. Yeah. Yeah, so like these specifically like being being a live action retelling of like Disney's version of Snow White. And that'll be like that'll be another thing we talk about like cuz I I have the Peter and Wendy thing on here too. It's like again like where like Peter Pan is kind of like in the public domain too, so it's um kind of one of those things where like like the Disney version of that character um, but yeah, and then the uh, yeah, another uh, thing that they showed there that I will segue to you. Uh, like all of these in the Walt Disney Pictures section of this too, by the way, are uh, live action uh, remakes of their animated. Films. Yeah, <laughs> just, which just you know, which they're hell bent on remaking everything, right? And it's just like. I mean, I I get so frustrated with it, but anyway, it is what it That's is. That's why that joke Josh Gad did was funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one other quick thing, Mark, about Snow White. I'm pretty... St one thing that I thought was great was that they cast Rachel Zegler as Snow White. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't think Rachel's necessarily a bad actress. I thought she was absolutely fantastic in Steven Spielberg's remake of West Side Story. Uh, yeah. And... She can sing, you know that woman can sing. So th that made me happy because I think that the songs. We'll see again what, what this new interpretation is going to be, but the songs were pretty important in the animated, you know, original. Yeah. Uh, so I was glad they hired someone who could sing. <laughs> yeah. That way. And then again, speaking of uh, the Little Mermaid quote-unquote live-action, you know, slash CGI remake, is coming out next uh, year. It's Labor Day. I think, no, excuse me, it's Memorial Day weekend, if I'm not mistaken. And, yeah, I believe so. And they showed, they showed a teaser trailer, and the trailer's, the trailer's out on uh, YouTube. Because some, some of the stuff that they show at the expo, yeah, you know, only, they don't, they don't release the it publicly. But yeah. Oh, and we should say that uh, the these uh, films that are going to come out, they have this new Disney. Oh yeah, Disney One Hundred logo. Logo, and what's kind of interesting, uh, if you look at it, you can kind of spot some like allusions to stuff in it too. Like you can see the Matterhorn uh, on one part of the screen, like in the mountain range, and on the other side of the mountain range, you can see Pride Rock. Uh, so it's it's cool to to see like this kind of re and I'm sure like when you see this in front of a movie it's like a little bit longer so you can see some of this yeah stuff better, and then but... it's like kind of got this platinum color palette yeah. you know kind of style and and uh, a new arrangement of I think of when you wish upon a star and I can't remember oh it was Christoph Beck who who oh, wrote nice. it you know and so anyway you know arranged it so I'm. I, I'm really excited to see that. I guess they made that they, they they showed that to the crowd there, and I'm excited to see it in person. What I read, Mark, and I don't know, see, because it seems like with some of these trailers, like the Hocus Pocus trailer and stuff, and same with like the Enchant Disenchanted trailer, 
they've put they put it on there. You know, just saying Disney 100. They don't show the full thing, just like a, a, a still. Oh, yeah. But uh, I read it's supposed to make its debut with Strange World, which we'll be talking about that here in a minute. But yeah, in in November. But I guess we'll see. Uh, yeah. So this Little Mermaid, I've got such mixed feelings about this. In that, I think you know what it seems to me that some of the some of the stuff we see. I mean, it's stuff that shows up like on CNN and whatnot. That there was this uproar from some race to some racist people, you know, that are all upset yeah. that you know Ariel is black. And I just think get a real problem, people. You know, stupid. Plus, she was announced like two years ago. I mean, it's not like it's yeah. a new story. Anyway, that's just me being, you know, just like what being just outraged about the outrage, you know, about the stupid outrage. <laughs> I just think yeah. it's not an issue. My- my only issue with it is that I accidentally always read her name as Halle Berry. I do too. I was just, 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 I was just, just almost said that again. Yeah, yeah. And it's just because her her name is so close to yeah. Halle it's because it's spelled it's, the same way, Halle Bailey. Yeah, Halle Bailey. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like I, I <laughs> and it's because it's because your mind re- doesn't read the full word. Yep. When you're when you're reading something, it reads the first letter and the last letter of it. So, because of that, like your your brain's already like preconditioned to read Halle Berry. So, but, yeah. So yeah, that's that's my own. Thing. So for me, dude, the uh, she's I, a great singer, by the way. Oh, she's got a lovely voice, and and you know that the, the little clip they show her singing of "Part of Your World." I, I, if I'm not mistaken, what I read is that they showed the entire "Part of Your World" clip from this new film. You know, to the D twenty three audience, and how cool you know that would be. That would have been cool to see. Yeah. But this this production is directed by Rob Marshall, who is a legit director, particularly of musicals. You know, he 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 directed the adaptation of Chicago, yeah. uh, which was brilliant. He did Into the Woods too, and I didn't necessarily love the Into the Woods film, but still, he's still. I think part of that was more casting than it was his direction you know but anyway yeah, sure. so I, I that is he also did uh mary poppins oh, Returns. hello right so that's which to its advantage you know what did you think yeah mary poppins returns i don't know if that's something we ever talked about oh, well i was just saying that has the other connection to like one of the the music writers for this version of little mermaid too with lynn Mel- manuel miranda. miranda teaming up with uh, alan, alan mencken so, so it's cool that those two are finally, like, team. so if, if anything, I mean, it's going to have the same, probably most of the, the same music that we liked from the animated film. Yeah. But then probably also new stuff with, that's like, well, because some of that music's music that Alan Menken already wrote. Right. For, so like a lot of this will probably just be, um, Manuel Miranda collaborating with him for like new ish renditions yeah. of them and new and new songs kind of like how um like the beating the beast movie had like a new song in it and like a, like yeah like a, a, few, a few of like these remakes have had new yeah so like they're not they're not always they're not like shot, shot for shot. shot like lion king uh, was the one that comes to mind as the most egregious you know, one that was yeah, a shot, shot for shot, and word for word, for the most part. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about Little Mermaid? Yeah, a couple you, things. If you if want that's to, okay, can... Mark. Okay. 
Uh, yeah. I was just going to say, because if you're starting to talk a Lion King, that was a perfect segue. Oh, that's true. No, that's perfect. I'm sorry to mess up the segue. I just wanted to mention that oh, just that the cast is also pretty cool. Melissa McCarthy is playing Ursula. Uh, Dev- oh, David Diggs is the voice of Sebastian. And Jacob nice. Tremblay is the voice another. of Flounder. And another, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, yeah, connection with, with Sebastian there. Yeah. Jonah Howard King is playing Prince Eric. And uh, anyway, I th- the cast is good. Let's hope, let's hope, it, let's hope it's going to be good. Because, again, Disney's going to do these until they do them. And then they're probably going to start over again and do them again. So... <laughs> It'll just they you know they put a lot of money into them and let's just hope it's gonna be good. But this next project with the Lion King, it's an interesting one. Is the what anyway? Yeah. yeah, I'm so and then like this is live action in, in the loosest sense of the word because it's I don't like calling that the other Lion King remake a live action. I don't either. either it's, I, it's a photorealistic, photorealistic CGI. Yeah, yeah, photorealistic animated uh, retelling of the first. Yeah, like kind of like you said, like that first one is like the same way that like Gus Van Sant's um, Psycho Psycho with Vince Vaughn was basically Alfred Hitchcock's movie just reshot in, yeah. in color and with Vince Vaughn and as Norman Bates yeah was that's kind of what the the more recent uh Lion King was is that it essentially was a uh photorealistic animated uh shop shot remake of that which it just made the movie feel redundant like I I was excited for it but because I like John Favreau a lot like he's obviously done a bunch of great stuff with like the Mandalorian and Elf and uh, and Iron, Iron Man. Man, yeah, and among among many other things, but I don't know. Like, I just kind of wish that it was it told. It had like its own like identity to it, rather than just being like the, the same thing, basically. Yeah. Uh, now the interesting thing with this is that so Barry Jenkins yeah uh, who it's Barry Jenkins yeah is doing a now so the other thing with this too is the titles were Mufasa colon the Lion King it's it's kind of like Top Gun colon Maverick <laughs> yeah. so I almost wonder if that's gonna be like how they they, they title like some of these movies now. right uh, but like Barry Jenkins who directed Moonlight and the Underground Railroad is gonna be doing uh this prequel uh for mufasa uh so it's a story of mufasa who uh, before he took over the pride lands uh, now it'll it's gonna have uh kelvin harrison jr uh, is gonna play the the young lion taka who later takes the name scar uh so that should be interesting to see um this kind of i guess like the like the villain origin story for scar in here too uh aaron pierre uh will play the young version of mufasa uh so they don't have james Earl jones in here (laughs) yeah trying to be the teenage mufasa whatever they're whatever they're gonna start with yeah yeah and then he said the this is a story of how mufasa rose to royalty 
Uh, he was an orphaned lion cub who had to figure out the world all by himself. Uh, we'll learn about his journey to find his place in the circle of life. Uh, the Jenkins told the crowd that he felt like he had to make this film after watching the original one over and over again with his nephews. So my, after like hearing this stuff, I'm already more excited for this than I was the, the other one, just because this feels like its own, like original story. It's not retelling the right. same thing over again. It's got like its own, uh, kind of angle and, uh, whatnot for the, these characters in it. Uh, uh, so with this, it looks like it's also going to come out in 2024 at some point. Uh, and I don't, I don't know, just, just based off of that, I, I am actually looking f forward to this um, more than I had been looking forward to uh, the, the other film that they did here. Yeah, I'm definitely curious about it, you know, mostly because of Barry Jenkins' involvement with it. And I yeah. think it could be, yeah, an interesting, it could be an interesting story. I'm, I'm a little leery of it in that I thought... I, I hated the CGI in that Lion King remake because I thought it pulled out all the, number one all the emotion the, the, the you know the, the the animal from the animals' faces they oh, you yeah. know they couldn't express any emotion you know happiness fear whatever they were just you know they just looked like an animal <laughs> and then also just like the fantastic. Um, for lack of a better word, Mark Winnicott, like whimsy, you know, that you can get, that you can, that you can do. Like, for example, like that, I just can't wait to be king sequence. You know, you, oh, yeah, you, like, you, like how stylistic you compare, like, you know, what you can do. And also like the be prepared sequence, the stuff that you can do, you know, with, with, with animation versus this photorealistic stuff. There's no, you know, really no, 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 no comparison as far as the type of experience it makes for the, you know, the film goer. As far yeah. as I'm concerned, <laughs> but anyway, um, one more, yeah. one more remake to talk about that they that they show that's coming to also coming to Disney Plus. This is called Peter Pan and Wendy. Yeah, and yeah. and again, it just looks like it's just Peter, you know, Peter Pan. Uh, CGI slash live action remake. Uh, it looks, you know, again, just like you know, just, just taking off from the uh, from the Disney animated film, you know, from 1953 with with uh, Peter Pan showing up to the Darling home, you know, with with Wendy, uh, John and Michael, and you know, flying off. They're in their they're in their night clothes. They they fly off to Neverland and um, Captain Hook's there, Tinkerbell, all that stuff. They, uh, David Lowry is the director. Yeah, who did the Green Knight? Yeah, um, didn't he? Direct which that's also that Pete's Dragon remake, or is that? Am I thinking of somebody else? I believe there. I believe here I'll double check. Yeah, so I'm double checking you too. Keep talking about this and I'll. And I'll but uh, I'll okay, so he, uh, uh, but the the cast is cool. I think the uh, Peter Pan is played. Yeah, he did do Pete's Dragon. Yeah, and you know, I he likes Pete. I can't say that I just 
love that film, but it was interesting and it was well made. You know, I thought that that Pete's Dragon remake. Yeah. Uh, I think he, this guy's this, he's he's a, he's just a very good director. This is this is my my take on it. So fingers crossed. But uh, Alexander Maloney plays Peter Pan. Um, Ever Anderson plays Wendy Darling. And then newcomers Joshua Pickering and Jacoby Jupe as Wendy's brothers John and Michael Darling. Um, Yara Shahidi, who's on the TV show Blackish, she stars as Tinkerbell. Um, but it's, it's Cap- Jude Law playing Captain Hook, which I think is a cool choice. And yeah. Jim Gaffigan is playing Mr. Smee. Uh, and then. Um, Back at the Darling House, Alan Tujic. If I'm saying his name right, Mark. Um, yeah. He's playing Mr. Darling. Molly Parker plays Mrs. Darling. Uh, anyway, I think yes, I think this all sounds uh, interesting. I, I guess it's just one of those like I just you know go in with low expectations. Of course, I'll watch it because I'm a Disney slut. But but uh, but I'll probably whine about it you know the whole time. We'll see. Hopefully it's good. <laughs> What's your take on it? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I like the the, the cast of this, like you were talking about. Uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm like a fan of the Peter Pan story in general. Yeah, I mean, same so, And again, like we had kind of said, like Peter Pan's kind of like been one of those things that's been in the public. It's Well, it's not in the public domain, but um, like anytime someone... Um, yeah. Uh, purchase or like gets the rights from like the like the what is it like because it, it, it the rights for it are like very interesting like J, like jam berry has them like through like a children's hospital in england i believe yeah it's um so like that's like anytime like there's like a new film for it um they've got to get permission get, right or however that yeah works yes yeah, so whether it's like spielberg's hook or like the uh, Jason Isaacs, yeah, uh, Peter Pan, or like any of these recently, um, but yeah, I I'll definitely check this out. I like like you said, Jude Law is kind of in a like a few different Disney related projects uh, coming up, like between this and like Skeleton Crew, yeah, uh, and a few other things. I, I like the casting of Jim Gaffigan as Mister Smee. I do. Too. That's pretty funny. Uh, what's interesting is like sometimes. Um, well, in some versions of it, that they have like the the actor who plays Mister Darling is also Captain, Captain Hook. Hook. So, like, part of me kind of wishes that we had Alan Tudyk also as Captain Hook. That would have been because really great. Because to me, that would be funny. Just mostly, like, have you seen Dodgeball? Oh yeah. Because <laughs> he he plays Steve the Pirate <laughs> in Dodgeball. <laughs> So, so it'd be funny to see Alan Tudyk as a as a pirate again, well, just because of that. Exactly, and also I just kind of think, what can't Alan Tudyk do? You know, he's yeah, just he can do he's so versatile. Chickens, it's yeah, chickens. The Duke of Wesselton slash Weaselton, you yeah. know, all that stuff. Yeah. And speaking of that, uh, segueing from the Walt Disney Pictures section into the Walt Disney Animation Studio section where uh, Alan Tudyk has done many voices recently yep. for them. Uh, and we kind of also talked about uh, it being like their 100th anniversary soon. They announced a animated film called Wish uh, that's going 
to essentially be uh, more or less the backstory to like the wishing star that we've seen, uh, like from speaking of Pinocchio, Pinocchio and everything like uh, Pinocchio to Princess and the Frog, you know? Yeah, Princess and the Frog, and then a bunch of uh, of the Disney films. So they said uh, the film's gonna be called Wish. It's gonna be directed by Chris Buck, uh, who worked on Frozen and Fawn. Vera Synthorn, uh, Disney animation vet who worked on Zootopia, Raya and the Dragon, and Moana. Uh, and then from the sounds of it, it seems like it's going to be, um, it'll be about the first uh, group, kind of group of people that gaze up to the stars and make a wish unlocking a world of magic. Uh, so in that, some of the, uh, the stuff that they showed here, like lead characters, they a young woman named uh, Aisha, described as possessing a sharp wit and deep care for her community, and she's voiced by the West Side Story uh, Oscar winner Ariana DeBose. Yeah. So we got we have Rachel Zegler in the the Snow White uh, live action film, and then we got her on screen sister uh, Ariana DeBose in this. Uh, and then some of the footage that they showed, uh, again, <laughs> Alan Tudyk is in the movie. <laughs> Uh, playing a pajama-wearing goat named Valentino. Uh, so that's kind of funny that he's going to be in this as well. Uh, so when she wishes on the star, a star actually comes out of the sky to assist her on her mission. Uh, so kind of think of like like the stars from like the La Luna Pixar short. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like they're gonna it's going to be like a character like that. Uh, and then they said it's it's going to be a musical, so it'll have uh, songs written by uh, songwriter Julia Michaels, uh, who wrote songs for Dua Lipa, uh, Pink, and many more. Uh, and DeBose is going to be singing some of those songs as well. And they said with this that there's going to be plenty of like allusions and kind of homages and possibly like hidden Easter eggs to how this wishing star connects to how we've seen it uh through the the history of disney films over the company's past 100 years yeah. uh, so that should be interesting to see how that's handled as well as like with like the film being its own thing but then also you know kind of having some sort of connection in relation to how we've seen it in these other films too. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious to see how that'll kind of be like interwoven to it, and that like this, this art kind of reminds me of there was that what was it the it's a film like an animated was it the little one or is it the small one? Do you know what I'm talking about? The nineteen is a the small one was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a Disney movie. The small one. Was about which? Uh, which I want to say, yeah, it was about the baby Jesus. Isn't that the one of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and that like that dealt with. Um, it had that used like like the star in that too. Yeah, like I like I know it's supposed to be like the the Christmas star in that, but like I almost feel like they could kind of interweave that in a way too and then like this was also like that small one was released with a uh, reissue of 
Pinocchio in the 1970s too. So yeah. it's all these kind of connections back to to uh, Pinocchio seems today. Uh, but, but that's what it kind of reminded me of, like the goat that we saw. I was thinking of like the donkey from oh from from the small, small world. Yeah, because the, the, that's right. The donkey is the character, huh? That goes with the little boy, with the little boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I'm excited for this. What about you? I'm too. You know, I I I I saw a clip. I think it was from Variety that you know Ariana Debose. They didn't show her singing, but she sang a song from from the movie at D twenty. You know, at the expo. So so uh, people in the panel got you know got the benefit of hearing that, and then also. She was telling to this, you know, this interviewer that um, she got this gig prior to her getting uh, the Oscar for. Okay. So you know. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I guess. Yeah, because you know, I mean, clearly they've been working on this for a while, but but uh, this all happened before she got all those, you know, accolades for her performance in West Side Story. So actually, that's kind of cool. You know, I mean, I think. Clearly, she's a, she's she's a great talent, and and uh, I gotta tell you, I mean, this the story seems kind of weird, but I, it's one of those. I'm, I'm gonna stay home to it. I think it's I think it's cool that they're trying something original, and if they if they're trying to also make it, you know, to connect to the great history of films from from Walt Disney Animation Studios, I'm all for it. So so uh, optimistic about this project. I'm really excited to learn more. Yeah, it's like November of 2023. Does that sound right, Mark? When that comes out? Yeah. So about a about a little over a year from now. Yeah. Yeah. But this this year's Disney animated. Yeah, film. is uh, called Strange World, and so they had some information about that at the expo too. They brought out some of the cast. Uh, the voice cast includes Jake Gyllenhaal. He voices the main character who is a man named Searcher Clade. And then uh, I believe Dennis Quaid was also there. Dennis Quaid plays Searcher's father, uh, Jaeger Clade. And then uh, Lucy Liu was there. I think Alan Tujic, uh, Tujic was also there. He plays, he, he plays a role, although I, they didn't say what role he plays, at least in this article that... Um, Probably a chicken. I know. I was gonna say he's gonna voice or some kind of like that blue creature. Have you seen that in the trailers or something? Oh yeah. Uh, that. Uh, but it's directed by. Kind of reminds me of the the creature from the Sea Beast. Yeah, me too. I also same thing. Uh, it's directed by Don Hall and co-directed by uh, Kui uh, Nguyen, who was involved with Raya and the Last Dragon at Disney. So. Yeah. Uh, I think that it looks. I mean, the trailer that they've shown. I, I'm excited about it because it looks like it's it's kind of a bit of an homage to to uh, you know kind of a classic sci-fi adventure movie like Journey to the Center yeah. of the Earth or you know or something Fantastic Voyage or, so, or something something like that. And uh, you know, of course, the animation always looks. Stunning uh, from from Walt Disney Animation Studios, so uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited about I'm excited about this. This opens up Thanksgiving. Just as a quick summary, um, Jake Gyllenhaal 
lends his voice to Searcher Clay, as I already mentioned, um, the son of a steadfast explorer. The, this original action adventure journeys deep into an uncharted and treacherous land where fantastical creatures await the legendary Clades, a family of explorers whose differences threaten to topple their latest and by far most crucial mission. So yeah, this opens up November 23rd, so that's Thanksgiving weekend. Um, so pretty stoked about Strange World. Yeah, I'm. I like the the character designs in this too. Me too. Uh, they they kind of feel like reminiscent of like uh, Ardman. Yeah. Kind of character design, kind of mixed with uh, Spielberg's Adventures of Tintin. Yes. Character designs. I saw this exactly. That I feel about it too. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to to seeing this when it comes out. That comes out. So that comes out the same day as the Andor finale. Oh, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> be a big Wednesday. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and then going from there into kind of like another sci-fi adventure, uh, moving into the Pixar section of this episode, uh, they announced a uh, new sci-fi adventure comedy called Elio, uh, which yeah, this looks pretty cool. They released some art for yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but the description is it involves a boy who finds himself transported across the galaxy and mistaken for the intergalactic ambassador for planet Earth. Um, America Ferro voices uh, Elio uh, as a character, or no, lends her voice to the film as a character named Olga Solis. Um, and then the child actor Giannis Kabarib, who played a Jedi youngling in Obi Wan Kenobi, oh, that's cool, uh, is playing. Uh, the titular Elio. Uh, so this is being uh, directed by Adrian Molina and produced by Mary Alice Drum. Uh, and then they said, "What if we? What if I told you you were not alone in the universe and everything you've ever heard about aliens is true?" Uh, so it's kind of got an interesting thing to it already. And then I, I always liked that short that they did called Lifted. Yeah, me too. Um, so. If they do kind of like more stuff with that in here, uh, I'll be curious to check that out. I'm all for more sci-fi uh, films too, and it's uh, it's gonna be another like original story uh, from Pixar, so that's that's always cool too. Uh, and with this, uh, it's going to be coming out in spring of 2024. Yeah, I was so happy that they. Yeah, I'm always happy when they announce stuff that's. Not just immediate, you know, that, that uh, that's yeah. going to be happening here in a bit. And then, you know, for the most part, they deliver on it. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked about this project. It looks really interesting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm, all of the Pixar stuff that they announced there looks great. So I'm uh, before we talk about the rest of them, yes, I am excited for all of these. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. so then they talked about a, a new Disney Plus show that's coming from Pixar and this is the most I think this, this project just sounds so creative and interesting it's called Win or Lose and it's uh, about a um, middle school softball team you know, just, just looks like some, some softball team somewhere in America. Uh, this team is called the Pickles, 
and they are approaching the coveted championship game. So each episode is expected to follow one member of the Pickles team. And they're just, you know, what's going on in their life uh, surrounding this, you know, these these uh, games and their experiences with the team. Uh, two stories, I guess, are getting highlighted in particular, um, according to what we learned from Slash Film. One is of the umpire. Uh, he's a teacher named Frank who's trying to get back into the dating game. And then another team member is uh, named Rochelle. She is the catcher on the team. And she feels that her life is actually about to fall apart because she's got a crush on some on somebody. So uh, that, you know, these middle school crushes, those, those are pretty major at that age. Uh, what also is interesting about this to me, Mark, is that the animation style is going to be different with each episode. So, That's cool. which is really cool. Uh, and and uh, the, the origins about that is that, the, you know, the guys working on this, pro- on this project realized they worked on Toy Story 4 together and they realized that they had really different interpretations of the experience. You know, or they uh, or, or they compared notes of, of a meeting, for example, and and they each had like this very different kind of experience of, in, the, in the exact same meeting. And so right. they're using these different interpretations to come up with the idea of this animated show revolving around run of one event, but with every character having their own conflict surrounding the event. Uh, and then again, the uh, an artistic style to to try to represent that. So I'm I, I I'm really stoked for for when or lose and if i am not mistaken it is coming out in sometime they didn't give a specific date sometime in 2023 yeah and i'm also excited about will forte well he's oh, yeah will the forte is the only voice confirmed. yeah sorry i forgot to mention that no worries. uh but he's, he's gonna be playing i guess the coach uh so like already seeing like the character design for the coach and knowing that will forte is doing the voice uh, that's already going to make me laugh yeah. watching that because I'm a big fan of Will Forte. Uh, but yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to that, especially with it being like their first like kind of like TV series yeah. in a way. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and the, but going from that Pixar project to this next one is they showed some footage from their one of their next films, uh, Elemental. Uh, they showed. Uh, they also released like this first like fully rendered image from the film with the the two main characters in it as well. The movie is directed by Peter Son, who did the Good Dinosaur, uh, partly cloudy short, and you know he's also voiced a bunch of different characters throughout uh, Pixar's films as well too. Just from how long he's worked there, and um, he's he's usually a fan favorite character uh, if when you hear his voice in. And stuff, i.e., uh, he was just Socks and Lightyear, or he was Squishy and Monsters University. Yeah, so he's so good. That's just, yeah, so that's just some, some of the, the voices that he, he did. Uh, but he said that th- this is going to be uh, partly inspired uh, uh, by some events of his life. He said that his parents emigrated from Korea in the early 1970s and built a bustling grocery store in the Bronx. 
He said that they are among many families who ventured to a new land with hopes and dreams, all of us mixing the one big salad bowl of cultures, languages, and beautiful little neighborhoods. That's what led me to Elemental. Yeah, so we translate into world Pixar animation through anthropomorphized elements, which people made of fire, water, land, air, uh, you know, all of the elements that make up uh, what the Avatar can bend in Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this looks really great. The Pete Doctor is one of the producers on here as well. Uh, so, in this, the uh, ember, who's designed to look like she's made of fire, not like she's on fire, ends up in a meet cute with Wade, who... So, yeah, I like. I also like their names, where it's like Ember... I do too, like yeah. Fire, and then Wade, Wade uh, a water-type, um, kind of like a Romeo and Juliet-style story. Uh, to, I said it will under, it promises to underline differences make us unique and that the opposites do indeed attract. Uh, Leia Lewis voices Ember and I'm going to very much mess up this dude's name. Uh, Mamodue uh, Athi from uh, Jurassic World Dominion voices Wade. Um, so yeah, so they released uh, like a teaser poster for it with those two characters that fully rendered image uh but yeah i'm looking forward to this uh, i'm very excited for this film how about you oh so stoked for this film i mean i was stoked about it months ago when they you know they announced and put out that teaser or whatever um and just everybody who's involved with it it also i i think these really high concept stories i think pixar excels so much you know or so well with these, yeah, with with world building. Yeah, so I, I'm 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 really excited for 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 Elemental. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like we said, that comes out sometime within the next, uh, I believe. I think it's next summer, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Mark, does that sound right? Yeah, let, me double, yeah, let me double check really quick. It comes out June 16th of next. Uh, yeah, next year. Okay. That must be a typo on their website because this is June 16th of this year, which would have already been. Yeah. <laughs> Say that. But, uh, all right. And the, so the official synopsis, too. Sorry. Oh, please. I forgot to read this. Was it in a city where fire, water, land, and air residents live together? A fire young woman and a go with the flow guy will discover something elemental, how much they have in common. So there you go. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, the, I guess the final big announcement that that the Pixar folks made, uh, or Pete Doctor, you know, was that there's going to be an Inside Out two. So Amy Poehler was on hand to to uh, talk about it. You know, Pete Doctor is so busy running Pixar that he's not actually going to be able to direct the sequel. So uh, he's handing the reins over to. Uh, let me pull out. It's it's Kelsey Mann. And, oh yeah, Kelsey Mann's great. And so that's exciting. And Meg LaFave is writing the script, which I believe she she uh, helped write the script to the first Inside Out film. And Mark Nelson's yeah. going to produce. The film is still really early in production, so they didn't have a lot to really say or show. Um, it was confirmed, though, that the sequel is going to take place in the head of the now teenager, Riley. 
and there's going to be a new group of emotion characters to meet, uh, none of whom were revealed at, at D23. So uh, no firm release date was set, but uh, they are saying that the film is ballpark for summer of 2024. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this, and there's like you, yeah, Amy Poehler. So definitely, Joy is definitely back. Yeah, I was gonna say Joy's back. Uh, clearly. <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting if, if all, of the. Um, emotions from the the first one weren't in this, or like if they changed out all of them. Yeah, I had I had heard like some kind of rumors that like fear and disgust might not be back, i.e., uh, Bill Hader and uh, Mindy Kaling. Yeah, possibly, uh, but that hasn't been confirmed by anybody. But that was take so take that with uh, a heavy grain of salt, depending yeah. on. Yeah. Um, when whenever they announce more but i mean yeah like with any sequel they have to like you know introduce new characters and whatnot i'll be curious to see uh what they do with this too and um so they already kind of had like dealt with like uh, like teenage stuff a little bit uh with turning red so it'll it'll be interesting to see how far they kind of push it with being inside the mind of a teenager yeah uh, for this, <laughs> and see how upset some people get with what they they put in the movie ultimately, because people get upset about everything. <laughs> um, That's true. <laughs> and and it's usually bad faith upsetness about stuff. Yeah, where it's yeah. Not upset for a good reason. Um, just just upset to be upset. Exactly. But speaking of things that make you blue. Uh, <laughs> The 20th Century Studios uh, panel, which was... So they had, like, the... What I guess would be, like, the Fox panel, which was essentially just Avatar. Yeah. Uh, and the only reason I'm talking about this in here is just because there's so... Since the film is so, like, visual effects... Avatar is just, like, an animated film, you know, really, in, in yeah. so many ways. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like we were talking about earlier with, like, the Lion King films being, like, a photorealistic... Mm-hmm live action film that's basically what these are is that so the motion like capture years ago yeah. yeah like the the first movie came out like when my son was four. Oh my goodness Mark. so and he's gonna be 17 yeah. in about a couple of months so by the time that shows you how long it's been between yeah yeah so i'm and i might bring him to go see because they're doing doing that re-release uh, yeah like starting uh, 4k hdr friday yeah, so might have him go see that because obviously I didn't bring him to go see it when he was four years old. Um, exactly. From everything that I've heard about this, is like the the like the three D technology for this too is even like different. Mm-hmm. Like people that were sitting like in like the expo hall, uh, even that weren't like you know up close and personal to it, like with how the three D technology was developed for this, like they. They said they were still trying to like reach out and like touch oh, wow. like, some of the like the water elements okay. from it. So we could be in for, uh, we could be in of, for a treat. Yeah, they said a lot of the footage they showed was, um, it wasn't like like mood themed. 
in a way like you know like usually like when they don't have like a lot of stuff finished yet or like a trailer created they kind of give you like a mood trailer yeah. and re less than like a but they said it was like a bunch of just like random scenes from the movie at different points and <laughs> random spots in the movie so you had like no idea what was going on and like who they were uh, referencing to and like when they're talking about certain characters in some of these scenes yeah so i thought that was kind of like a uh, interesting funny approach to that but uh are you are you looking forward to the the new avatar film at all i am mark you know i don't think personally i didn't really love the original avatar's story i you know it's kind of yeah. uh, however i saw it, it i saw it in imax 3d and it was cool it was i so I viewed it more as an experience rather than like, if I enjoy the experience, I can't say I enjoyed the movie, but I really loved the experience. So I'm, I'm, I'm hyped for this new one. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that the story's going to be a little more interesting to me, but frankly, it doesn't, yeah. I kind of think I'm, I'm along for the ride and we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how, uh, how it goes. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm trying to give it just the benefit of the doubt that it's going to be, it's going to be a, a really cool movie going experience. Yeah, and the synopsis for this one, it says um, it comes out December 16th, and it says it's set more than a decade after the events of the first film, Avatar The Way of Water, begins to tell the story of the Sully family, Jake, uh, Natiri, and their kids, the trouble that follows them, the lengths they go to to keep each other safe, the battles they fight to stay alive, and the tragedies they endure. So, and what are they, they're making five, he's making five movies, right? That's the way I understand total. it, is that... At least four, but yeah, you're probably right. I think it's five, and they're going to come out every other year now, because I think that they filmed okay. much of them all at the same time. Yeah, like I heard, I want to say that they were starting to film part four recently. So, and it probably takes so long just to finish the visual effects yeah, on these films. Yeah. That, but yeah, I'll I'll definitely check this out when it comes out uh, later this year. Uh, and I am curious to see like how the new 3D technology uh, will be with that film. But uh, segueing from there to our last uh, bit of news for this D23 episode, which is definitely a a monumental episode. I will let you take away this last bit. Well, so you know, Disney Parks always does a big presentation at the D23 Expo and this, this, this year was no exception and uh, that's where I think a lot as, as we talked about at kind of the top of this, this segment um, a lot of the unhappiness has just been generated by certain Disney fans because they were expecting some really really clear clear cut and big announcements over things like Tomorrowland at Disneyland uh Animal Kingdom, you know, expansion in Florida, et cetera, et cetera, that they didn't get. Um, however, yeah. there was a lot in this presentation, and and uh, Screen Rant lists their top ten, and I, and I think for the most part I agree, and I have a couple to add that are just minor, but I thought were fun. Um, but just quickly, uh, they talked about the Disney Cruise Line expansion, how a sixth ship is going to be added to the fleet. It's going to be called the Disney Treasure. And it aims to offer the thrill of adventure and nostalgic Disney character elements. Uh, they, 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 they took a picture of the, uh, 
main hall on the on the ship and uh, every disney cruise ship has a has a statue in the hall uh, and and this was going to be aladdin and jasmine on the magic carpet which i thought was pretty cool and then also nice. the, the decor looked really uh kind of moroccan or middle eastern um and the design thought looked great so that's going on uh they list that as you know walt disney world park expansion is number nine uh, and they're talking about, uh, you know, this is where I think, again, the, some of these diehard fans were really ticked off because they, they, they did, it sounds like, and I didn't watch the presentation. Did you watch the whole Parks presentation, Mark? I didn't. I just saw some clips. I need to watch. I'd like to watch the whole thing. Um, yeah, that was, that was the only day that I was, I think, working yeah. during the, the expo. The other times I wasn't. But they brought out. So Josh Tamara, who's the head of, 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 of uh, Disney Parks, brought out uh, Jennifer Lee from Walt Disney Animation Studios, and I believe it was Chris Beatty, who's from Walt Disney Imagineering, and they just kind of were doing like some what-if things. So, like, what if, I think they were like, what if there's going to be like a Moana and or a Zootopia thing in Animal Kingdom, and I could be wrong about that one, or at Magic Kingdom Park in Walt Disney World, what if they did behind the Big Thunder Mountain attraction, a Coco-themed area, and an Encanto-themed area, you know? And again, they this was the, no announcements, and just, they threw up some concept art. Uh, and I, it just seemed like that just angered people rather than get, get them excited. I think everybody wanted specifics rather than kind of a what if. Um, but anyway, there's yeah. that. For number eight, Mark, uh, and this one was, I think, was a little more concrete, and I don't know necessarily how people feel about it. I thought it sounded cool that uh, in, yeah. in Disney California Adventure Park, they've got this area called Pacific Wharf, and it's basically it's the place where there's that Boudin Bakery, and they've got some uh, Gear Deli as uh, there, you know, ice cream, and they've got almost kind of like a food court, you know, different places to eat there. They're going to turn it into uh, Big Hero Six themed area so it's going to be like a little mini san francisco uh style uh thing and, and a place to meet baymax and and uh, again you know places to eat so I, I wonder if they're going to re you know overhaul some of those food venues and then they're going to put a new facade on some of that stuff and then also put a bridge or enhance one of the bridges that goes into the area with that uh Really cool, kind of hybrid Golden Gate Bridge. Tokyo, yeah, Tokyo. Bridge. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I saw a joke with that that said time was a flat circle and it showed like I the original like, entrance to California Adventure. It had the Golden Gate Bridge you'd walk under. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw that. Although, I like how close this will be to Avengers Campus too because it, it's indirectly kind of yeah. a uh, connection. Some more Marvel stuff there. I thought it's. I thought it sounded like a fun update because again, and I know a lot of again, I'm saying a lot of people really rip on Disney for having they want everything to be Disney IP. You know, it seems like right now the current management team. And yeah. I guess I have mixed feelings about it, but this one looks like it's a win to me. And I like Baymax, so what do what do you think about it? I'm all for it. I'm I'm excited for it. I'm probably one of the restaurants will be 
uh, like the restaurant uh, hero. Oh yeah, family. The Aunt Cass. Yeah, Aunt Cass has in yeah. it, but I'm sure that'll be one of the things. They'll probably keep the boudin stuff though too, because that that still fits San Francisco, right. San Francisco. Right. So, so that, you know, we'll see. And they didn't. I don't think they gave a timeline on that either. But but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they start construction on that sometime within the next six months or something. Yeah. Uh, also coming to Disneyland is Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. This is their number seven uh, on the list. And it is coming into the Toontown area at Disneyland, which is also under the knife. It's getting a pretty extensive remodel, at least kind of the pavement areas and, and just the way people interact with the, with, with, with the buildings within, within that land. It's getting this new ride. I've been on this ride at Walt Disney World. It's, it's really fun. And so I think, I think it's, yeah. it's a great addition and I'm excited for it. I believe it opens up in 2023, like spring or summer of 2023. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, we can kind of move through the rest of the stuff. Yeah, quickly, go quickly. Too, yeah, because it's so, you know, a Zootopia themed land that they, they talked about yeah. it's coming to, to Shanghai Disneyland, and then there's rumors that it could be going somewhere else. Frozen. Is 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 going oh, to yeah. be in three of the parks, and all these have been announced. But it's coming to Hong Kong Disneyland, Disneyland, Paris, and Tokyo Disneyland, or Tokyo. I think technically to Tokyo Disney Sea. Um, there's yeah. some new nighttime shows, which I think I was kind of confused about that because it seemed like that they were bringing back shows that they that you know from the past. So I don't know if it may, or maybe they've, they've got some enhancements or what. Number three is new meet and greets at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. They're going to let um, oh, yeah. Mandalorian and, and, and Grogu and some. I'm excited for yeah. that because that'll be just shortly before our trip. I know. So they'll, I'm they'll hoping that you get to see get that, there. Mark. I can't wait to hear. Uh, that'll be my first time at Galaxy's Edge. Too. Oh, awesome. Okay. I'm excited. I can't wait to hear what you think. And then last two. The big one is, you know, I think from, from our pers- animation perspective is is Tiana's yeah. Bayou Adventure. There were more details uh, given about that, which, you know, is the re-theming of the Splash Mountain attractions, both at Disneyland and at the Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World. And then uh, at Disneyland, the Avengers Campus expansion, there's, they announced vaguely like three years ago, or it might even longer than that, a, a really cool e-ticket ride that's, yeah. that's coming. Yeah, it seems like and now, a redone yeah. version of that idea. Yeah, so... Which I'm, I know this is animation, but I'm excited for it. Well, it is kind of too because it's supposed to be like a multiversal ride. Yeah. And f- from the art for it, it looks like it's gonna have like the Hydro Stopper from the What If animated series in there, the animated version of it, the um, animated version of Spider-Man from that Spider-Man Freshman Year is also gonna be in it alongside the Tom Holland version, live-action version of Tom Holland. Yeah. So, uh, like amongst many other things like She-Hulk and. Two other versions of the Hulk and Moon Knight and Werewolf so it's like by Night. Total multiverse style attraction, yes. right? Yeah, and they're all fighting this like King Thanos, like a Thanos that won. So I'm excited for that. Me too. But that is gonna close out our D23 uh, coverage for this episode. Don't forget, you guys can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Mark Vibbert, M-A-R-C-V-I-B-B-E-R-T. 
And Stanford, where can they find you? On Twitter, I'm at Stanford Clark. And then you can find the show on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Animation Fascination and on Twitter by searching for Animated Podcast. You can feel free to email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. Visit our site at animationfascination.net. Uh, there's links there for Animation Fascination merch, so if you want a shirt or stickers or whatever else, that's where you can get it. Um, our episodes are edited by Trent Bactor. I'm Mark Rivert. So for myself, Snickford Clark, uh, thank you for listening, and make sure to tune in again next time.